Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a deadly podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin, and we want to welcome back to the podcast, Nal McGowan from Bat Minute. Charmed. <laughs> Isn't that what a podcast guest is supposed to say? <laughs> and uh, uh, Rick Ingham from Mad Max Minute. Oh my gosh, isn't this neat? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need another podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is minute 49 of Fright Night. It begins with Jerry telling everyone what his favorite WB show is, and it ends with Charlie being very rude. Caught you cattle and giving grief. Thought you were cannonballing after me. Let your actions speak for themselves. So, so, so to pay off my joke, Jerry looks. A mental picture now of <laughs> Jerry sitting around watching Charmed. <laughs> Jerry looks at me Charmed. Charmed. Hey, oh, the thing is, you would relate to Cole and Charmed so much. <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, I, I understand his plight. <laughs> uh, I've never watched it, but I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny that he says, Charmed. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Amy smiles, and Charlie is simmering with anger. Mm. <laughs> uh, but he's keeping it, he's trying to keep his cool. He's been exploding all over the place uh, throughout this, earlier this movie, but uh, um, I like like the fact that in this minute he finally gets some nerve up and uh you know isn't just like i don't know so outlandishly um you know you it's the you've got to believe me trope we talked about it earlier in the movie the you know the the character struggling to get people to believe him but yet acting crazier than the situation he's implying uh that's the thing though because that's such a <laughs> Such a cliche that like, it, mm-hmm. like of you guys, have you watched the as they're constantly plassing over in the publicity for it, like the most acclaimed TV show of all time in Chernobyl? Um, oh yeah, they, I've heard of it. I, I, yeah. I I'm too scared to watch it. I don't want people to watch people's faces melt off unless uh, they're uh, playing some awesome guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing because of the way people were treating it. I thought this was going to be this is going to be real, real sophisticated TV. This is like yeah. going to be high intelligence level kind of stuff. Like it's going to be very somber and serious and stuff. And when you actually watch it, it's filled with like old cliches of like Jared Harris is a scientist and they don't believe him when he tells them you that, that place is radioactive and stuff <laughs> like that. And it's bits of him and Stellan Skarsgård on a helicopter and he's like Skarsgård's like oh go fly over the, the stacks over there. He's like I would fly over those stacks we'll be dead in two minutes. God damn it I said go fly over those stacks right now. <laughs> it's just so full of that kind of stuff. I was like this is very like it's fine it's good but it's really cliched kind of you know action movie stuff. And as you're saying like yeah the, the old trope of like some this guy knows a thing people don't believe him for some reason uh-huh. now niall i consider you an expert on this sort of thing is jerry doing the one thing that the joker says to never do which is rub another man's rhubarb 
is that what is that what is happening here between Jerry, Amy, and Charlie? Oh, I believe so. Oh man! But I, I think the Joker would add a caveat of like you know he he meant that never rub my rhubarb really. If you know that you can, if you know you can win, whereas like Jerry could clearly win, <laughs> but uh-huh. Amy's heart over Charlie. It's like go ahead and rub that rhubarb because you know you're gonna get. <laughs> That totally explains why uh, Jerry puts on a pair of glasses at the end when Peter and Charlie get the upper hand. So you wouldn't stake a man with glasses, would you? <laughs> so, yeah, I love the, uh, the, you know, he's really creepy here. And then he just like tosses it off with a laugh. Isn't that what vampires are supposed to do? <laughs> you know? I've been practicing. <laughs> the thing that like you you say like oh he's been really creepy there i kind of took that to be like he is really working like a a sensual charm mm-hmm. in overtime like because amy's very clearly smitten by him oh yeah and he, him said like, I, I imagine that technique has worked on people in the past because it is like an old vampiric technique of like i'm doing he's doing his mes- mesmerism on her basically mm-hmm. um so yeah. <laughs> you, you you interpret that oh he's being creepy i'm like oh i thought he's been pretty kind of sexy <laughs> but, yeah yeah i guess so yeah I mean, to Amy, I mean, I, I guess I'm seeing it from Charlie's point of view that this is like he could just like eat her hand. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, that yeah. would be quite the power move just to take a woman's <laughs> hand and put the entire thing in your mouth. <laughs> well, if he gets the shark face too, you know, uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, and I love I that. Would not recommend trying that. <laughs> Amy looks like she's never going to wash that hand again. By the way, oh boy. <laughs> Uh, major Google eyes. And uh, again, Ed just kind of takes joy in his friend's humiliation here. It's just like, that's some vampire Brewster. <laughs> Great. Um, I always have a mixed mass memory of um, a quote from the end of Brewster's Millions that I always think is from Fright Night. And I always think Ed <laughs> says it. There's a bit at the end where um, you know, everything's falling apart for Brewster and stuff. And that guy who's set him up to fail, the fellow who was in uh, the first Star Trek movie and stuff. Uh, and he goes like, oh, you're a loser, Brewster, a real loser. <laughs> it's such an evil headline. It's like, oh, are you sure he doesn't say that in this movie at some point? Uh, gosh, it sounds like something evil Ed would say for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's every time I see – I know you've explained like, in the novelization. They tell you exactly why, but – I've seen, you know, plot summaries of Fright Night where they re- reference him as, as, oh, his friend Ed. I'm like, is he his friend? Because he <laughs> yeah. seems to hate him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, in the, you know, that first, first uh, at least a novelization, it is it is a pure contempt because they used to be buddies and now they're not because of this new girl. Um, and, uh, yeah. But Amy is is besties with friend, uh, besties with Ed now. Uh, he, she even confides in him, like, "Oh God, he's neat." <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. Jerry is very Conrad Birdie. Speaking of bye bye Birdie, uh, Elvis Presley. This uh, you know she is not. I don't think she's under any sort of vampire spell. This is pure you know the sex appeal of Jerry Dandridge. Mm-hmm. So. An attractive older man giving attention to a younger, more impressionable woman. Yeah. Mm. Look at that turtleneck. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I'm talking about creepy looks. <laughs> I would say Billy Cole's look to, to Charlie as he kind of walks him off here. Is, yes. It's, because the character of Billy Cole is so odd to me, it's, it actually is even more unsettling. Because you're like, well, what's this guy's deal? Who is he? <laughs> like, why, why is he here? <laughs> I actually, you know, when I watched this as a kid, you know, this, this, uh, this character is actually more scary to me than Jerry. Jerry's a vampire. You know what he's about. 
Yeah. Billy, he just looks unhinged, you know? Mm. Um, Actually, and speaking, too, about, like, when I um, uh, was saying about all my kind of early memories of Fright Night was, like, oh, a VHS just cassette, like a cover, a very distinctive cover on a a shelf for years and years. Another movie that I always associated with that was uh, House 2, which, of course, Jonathan Stark's also friggin' in. Yep, yep. (laughs) He had a a charm about that guy getting cast and things where it's like, oh, we're going to have a really cool cover that's going to terrify children (laughs) and make them think the movie's way scarier than it actually is. Yep, and then uh, years later, he's the executive producer and showrunner of uh, According to Jim, so... (laughs) Who knows where your where your career is gonna go? But uh, he's he's uh, a real nice guy. I've been really shocked actually in seeing um, Chris Sarandon seems to be so sort of sparse in his casting mm-hmm. these days. Like I remember seeing him a couple of years back. He did. Um, so there was an episode of Orange is the New Black, and I was like, see, that's Chris Sarandon, isn't it? And yeah. I was like, oh, this is clearly going to be a major character that Chris <laughs> Sarandon's playing him. This is going to be like a major person in the rest of the season. And you never saw him again. And I was like, that's yeah. so weird. Like, why? Chris Sarandon used to be a big deal. Like, why is he not a big deal anymore? <laughs> yeah, now he's running around as Count Dracula on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's some great casting there. Uh, I don't know, he's in his 70s. He's, he's a nice guy. He's just pretty, pretty, pretty... Uh, uh, I mean, does the cons here and there, you know? Um, I mean, it was nice enough to come onto our podcast. Um, oh, you got him. You got him on oh, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he was super cool. Yeah, he's in his 70s. I don't know. Maybe, you know, you know Hollywood, you know. Yeah. I will say, just say, in case he's listening, Chris, if, Chris Sarandon, if you're listening, don't take any of that as an insult. I, I love your work. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched sure. all of your films, and I found them very amusing. <laughs> yes, and uh, 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 my co-host Len and I talking to him looked very much like Amy in this minute here. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Google eyes. <laughs> uh, so, so we now move throughout the house a little bit. And yeah, like you said, Billy, Billy kind of flanks Charlie cause everybody follows, uh, Jerry and Peter, but, um, but you know, uh, uh Charlie kind of hangs back a little bit until Billy kind of flanks him, pushing him deeper into the house. And it's like, Charlie wants him to be, be near that door. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if Jerry is the wolf and, Amy, Ed, and Charlie are the sheep, and uh, Billy is like the the dog that like pushes the sheep in a certain yeah. direction. Except he's working in cahoots with the wolf in this in this metaphor. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, the sheep pig, as George uh, George Miller, of course, would have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> organizing everything in the end there. Babe <laughs> would never be taken in by the wiles of any sort of wolf trying to kill sheep. He's too smart for that. <laughs> Ah, uh, that'll do, Billy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll do. So, so yeah, Jerry says, "Please excuse the mess. I haven't finished unpacking." And we see that Peter is very, very interested in antiquities. He's uh, he's he's got that tusk he pulls out later, which uh, mm. yeah. Uh, you think the tusk is just because, like, oh, tusk is like a is. It's, you know, it's, I'm assuming it's made, well, it's ivory, but it's like, oh, it's kind of like you associate tusks with like a big elephant teeth kind of uh-huh. fang-esque kind of things. Is it like, it's a tusk because he's a vampire. He has mm. fangs, which are kind of like tusks. Is that yes. what they're going for there? Yeah, vampire teeth. We have clocks. We need to know what time the, the nighttime is. 
yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I love the painting in the background, actually, because it's got this. It looks like this. It just seems to be trees, but it's like an innocent, sort of brightly lit, like young small tree with this ominous dark thing lingering over it. It's kind of like this is what they're. This is what Jerry is doing to them right now. He's the dark tree over this group of young innocent uh, kids who've come into his abode here. Oh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> um. So so Charlie uh, gets some nerve up here. He says, uh, where do you keep your coffin? Or do you have more than one? <laughs> I guess. This is such a mean girls moment where Peter's like, oh, my gosh, Charlie, you just can't go around asking where people keep their coffins. <laughs> Stop trying to make vampires happen. Gosh. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually wanted to say he might actually have more than one coffin. Um because we do find out that there's one in the basement later, you know, spoilers. Um, but it, actually, we did see it in, in the in the first scene, you know, Jerry and Billy bringing it down through the storm cellar doors. Um, but we've seen now two evenings where Jerry is waking up, you know, and coming down the stairs. And uh, the script actually has some deleted scenes that mention uh, Jerry having a coffin in the attic. So mm. I think that's the reason why. It's like, why is he coming down the stairs if he's coming from him waking up, you know? I find that kind of odd, though, because it's yeah. like, do, do you personally have more than one bed that you sleep in? <laughs> like, it's like, why would you need multiple coffins? It's like, this is my coffin. This is where I go to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I mean, if you don't. Like, if you're not a teenager, why are you sleeping in the basement? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's your house. You can yeah. put that coffin wherever you want unless there's some esoteric rule that you have to sleep below ground level. Yeah. Well, we can't. maybe he's going – like he has spares there because, well, you never know. I might want to turn somebody someday. Maybe maybe I'll get fed up with the creepy-ass Billy Cole hanging around here. I'll <laughs> get rid of house. him. There's a lot of rooms. There's room to grow. Yeah. Room to expand. They could start a regular little, uh, I don't know, what do you call a group of vampires? A coven? No. Uh, a pack? A murder. A murder, a murder of them. <laughs> yeah. A staking. I don't know. No. <laughs> a genocide of vampires. <laughs> to me, I think it's like, you know, the the basement, and we see Billy earlier in this movie painting over the windows in the basement, you know, just going to the darkest place. Putting a coffin in the attic makes no sense to me because... You know, if you want to sleep and you have to sleep near fire, you want to be as far away from the fire as possible. <laughs> Being right up there in the, the in the attic, you know, right underneath the fire and just a, just a little roof between you, you and the fire, you know, I'm just saying it's a bad idea. <laughs> thing is, too, if like you could have had a thing had Billy just been the familiar who was still human, it could have been like, this is going to be my coffin. Like Jerry's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make you a vampire. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he's just like, he's down there. I'm going to paint the windows because any day now he's going (laughs) to turn me into a vampire. But but you do kind of feel like, oh, we have this really cool effect how to kill this guy, though. So we kind of want to make him something supernatural so we can do that as well. Mm -hmm. It was more like, oh, they'll, eh, people will figure it out. (laughs) He can be whatever they want him to be. I think it's cool that we see that Charlie is showing some bravery here, though. He's been scared to death and uh, super paranoid for 
the past like 20 minutes or so at least and now we we need we need a hero character to because now we have like ed and amy and peter who have no idea what's going on for real or don't believe it and we have that one character with the knowledge and so we need him to have a little bit of balls i guess (laughs) yeah (laughs) they have that kind of air of like you know when you're you're really worried about something and you're so nervous in the build-up to it but then when it's finally there you're just kind of glad that it's you're getting it over with. Yeah. So maybe he's, he's got a sense of bravery and I was like, God damn, I'm finally here confronting this guy. So <laughs> that's, that's what's given him the, the gumption to be like, Oh, you got more than one coffin around the place. Or, you know. Well, it's almost the same thing as he did with detective Lennox earlier. He like, that's when he got his balls back again <laughs> earlier. It's like, he needs some sort of authority figure there uh, in order to kind of stand behind and shout at <laughs> the vampire. With. Mm-hmm. Um, like a shield wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be like, oh, you got more than one coffin on here? Well, yes, I am a vampire, Charlie. Oh, I knew it. Go get him, Peter. <laughs> yeah. See, Charlie should have been like, vampire say what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, darn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Peter's very surprised by Charlie and Jerry says, oh, I'm used to it by now. This pesky kid, terrible neighbor. Um, and I love this is where Jerry grabs that tusk and just starts vigorously dusting it before putting it on the mantle. And, uh, yeah, Jerry, Jerry tells them that Charlie brought the police over and Amy seems to be just hearing this. So she's really upset. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love Charlie's just, you damn right. I did (laughs) (laughs) again, watching our, our other characters in the background. And it's at this point where, well, Charlie says they didn't believe me any more than any of you. And we see kind of like, I think what's looking like a guilty look between Ed and Amy, like, Oh, maybe we should have, should believe, and then we see we cut to Peter, who's looking at Charlie kind of sadly for a moment, like this poor deluded kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Charlie urges them to get the holy water, give him the holy water, and then we. I like the the quick cut to Billy, who's had, now he's got a serious like, oh, like is this really happening? Like what? What is the plan if Char- Jerry starts burning alive from the inside out for any of them? You know? I don't know. I wonder if swallowing a bunch of holy water actually kills a vampire or irritates it, like makes him break out into boils. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, because in the um, in the next minute, he does. He seems worried when he asks, like, "Oh, so this is holy water?" Like, he seems <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a bit like, "I really hope it's not." <laughs> like, <laughs> But it is like, yeah, I wonder what, if we took it that Peter Vincent's word from his knowledge of vampire lore is gospel. He says, oh, a drop will touch him and he'll blister. So maybe it's more like, it'll be like if you swallow like a really hot cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a cat with a hairball. Like, ah, he'll have, he'll be able to do something. <laughs> And, you know, we go back to Charlie's original point, like, hello, why didn't we bring weapons? You know, <laughs> bring a weapon just in case. Um, but, uh, yeah, Peter tells Charlie there's no need to be rude. Jerry says it's perfectly all right. And, yeah, he's just ever the humble neighbor being harassed by a teenager mm-hmm. and also feeling kind of pity for, for this dumb kid, you know. Oh, like, you know, putting on the mask of being the being the neighbors had to put up with this, this teenager who's been watching too many horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I've got for this minute. Talk, don't want to talk too much about the next one. You know, obviously, yeah. he's going to start burning alive, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, you know, people are watching the movie minute by minute. We'll find out. Surely <laughs> the horrible truth will be revealed, and our heroes will have to fight their way out of the house because oh, Billy's going to do something crazy. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns out that Peter Vincent actually has like a, 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 a – 
stake up a sleeve attached to a little like taxi driver esque kind of uh, contraption that's going to sh- make it shoot out. And like, of course, I can't prepare, Charlie. You think I'm a? I think I'm an idiot. Well, it's a, obviously it's going to be a total ambush. The the monster squad, the Goonies, and uh, the Frog Brothers are going to come crashing through that picture window. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for the signal. <laughs> like all at the one time, but there's too many of them, so half of them kind of fall back out the window. And stuff. Yeah, it's a big window. <laughs> it's just a good thing that they decided to do the holy water test and not any more invasive things. Like what is it? A uh, vampire can't cross running water. I think is one oh, of the yeah. the rules. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring you to into a local stream and we're gonna ask you to cross it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, it's like the Chris Rand, like on, on this log, like really <laughs> slowly walking over it. <laughs> Trying to eat an apple while he's doing it as well. Yeah, and just remember, this takes place in Iowa, so I'm sure there's lots of creeks and <laughs> things around there. <laughs> um, even though it looks very much like a LA suburb, it's this is this is the Midwest uh, mm-hmm. or Mid East. No, I don't know. Where's Iowa? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll we'll wrap this minute of uh, Niall. You want to let everybody know uh, where they could find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me uh, via Bat Minutes, which is a show I uh, co-host with my uh, podcasting partner, John Parker, uh, where we're looking at the Batman movies uh, one minute at a time. Uh, we just finished Batman Returns, so we'll be entering into the neon hellscape that is the Joel Schumacher movies uh, in a couple <laughs> of months' time. Uh, and uh, yeah, you guys through any major podcatcher, like you know, and iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. And Rick? Yep. There's not so much neon in my series of movies <laughs> because it is the Mad Max series from 1979 all the way up to 2015, going through it one minute at a time at madmaxminute.com. You can find us on our website that I just mentioned or on any social media. Just look around. You'll be able to find us. And I just want to mention, we miss you, Len. I wish you were here this week. But, uh, yeah, if you want to follow us, come on Twitter. Go to at Fright Night Minute. Excuse me, at Fright Night Min. Give your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Rick. I'm (laughs) Niall. Thanks for listening. Have a good Fright Night, mate. He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so...